Thank you for tuning in to Cop with Comic. I'm Brian Cop, and we're with comic Julie Pinheiro. Julie Pinier, how the hell are you? I'm doing well. Oh, good. Hey. Thank you so much for coming in. And where can people fe- see you do stand-up comedy on stage in New York City? And where can they find you online? Um, you can find me online at Shmooly. 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 That yes. is hilarious. I love that. It's so easy to remember. I'm so glad you like it. On Shmooly. on Instagram, it has three O's. On Twitter, it has four because that's all that was available. I found Shmooly. out that I found out that Shmooly is a very popular name in the Orthodox Jewish community. So oh. I feel like I'm just stealing someone's name. And and their culture. Are you yeah. Jewish Orthodox? <laughs> I'm not. Okay. <laughs> I'm not even close. Well, we we should learn our lesson and add zeros, add O's to it to we make should. it distinct. Right? You're right. You're but right. I love the fact that you can vary with the, the number of O's. Yeah. It can Shmooly. be anything you want. But also, <laughs> I, I think it's like, it when you look at your Instagram, you are, you can be silly, and I, I think Shmooly is consistent with that. Oh, yeah. Well, right? I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> and today, but you're also going to do QED Astoria. You yes. have Token White Guy with Chinook Tissera is one that's of the right. comics on there, yeah. and that's a QED, and what is that? Thursday. Okay. This, uh, this upcoming Thursday. Oh, good. Yeah, this will be out before that. And then um, you have, you do Mad Tropical with Stoked, well, no, it's Stoked Comedy used to be at Mad Tropical, and now it's moved locations, so you'll be yes. doing Stoked Comedy where? That is going to be at Easy Lover. We're going to be starting back up in April. Okay. Um, and yeah, th- might be changing locations or adding locations. So keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Stoke comedy is just big and, and yeah. burly, right? Yeah. yeah. That's with Amber Rollo, Kelly Bachman and Davidson, Davidson Boswell. And we have Mel, um, Torme. Mel. No, no, no. Wait. Uh, Melton. Melton on the, on the DJ. Yeah. Mel, Mel, DJ I just Mel. called him Mel like that's my nickname for him and that caught Mel. me off guard <laughs> Mel is a Mel Melt is, is it Stu Melton? no 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 his, okay. his name's just Melton we call okay. him Melton the DJ Melton will yeah. be there and is he spinning records like during your no he's he's got some tracks that he plays or like cool lo-fi beats okay like He's between, gonna be between your sets? Between your sets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then today, and so you could track, I mean, all these upcoming days will be at Shmooly. Yes. And some of the things that she'll be talking about, she's going to make just the, uh, we're going to talk about death and the afterlife, so it's going to be a rather serious discussion. Um, but she is making uh, it slightly funny on stage so far, mm-hmm. and it's just going to turn into a huge chunk of hilarity. Well, yeah, we'll hope so. I'm trying to figure out how to work it in because I, I'm doing a... I'm performing a story about it right now that's pretty, like, heavy but sad and funny. Okay. And I'm not sure that it's quite in line with stand-up, but I think that part of part of this whole death experience with something that's happened, a brush of death that I've had recently with somebody that was very dear to me, is that there's a lot of kind of beauty and humor that's very inherent to death and that happens around death. And that's part of the whole story. So trying to find an avenue for this topic in stand-up has been... Uh, uh, somewhat of a challenge. Yeah, but th- this is good. This is going to be the one-woman show for Julie Pinheiro, and she's going to get just Grammys and Emmys or whatever they get for this sort wow. of thing. And um, but yeah, so what I gather from the Instagram is what you just said, which is this is a a, a new love, just a fast and furious love who was young and he, he died young and abrupt. He or she died young and abrupt. Yes, okay. he died. Uh, he yeah he he was uh, he was killed by strangers pretty senselessly in our neighborhood uh, on a night where him and I had been together. We had spent the whole night together and then it kind of, uh, I got a call the next day and, and from there it was, uh, it was, it was a bit of a process, but, uh, but yeah, pretty soon after he, he died. And it was, it was the, the most intense thing that 
I think anybody in that room had ever gone through, and he he is one of the most amazing, you know, he was always larger than life okay. anyway, you know, before he died anyways. He was he was kind of this, like, very amazing person. Um, and so I had him in my life so briefly but so powerfully. Uh, we had dated probably for about uh, four months and had just recently become exclusive when this all happened. Um, and... Yeah, and so my, you know, I had never really thought about death and the afterlife before, and I was struck with so much urgency for, like, why I hadn't had any thoughts on it right, right when he died. Because you haven't had, had those thoughts pri pri prior to that. No, and it's crazy because I just kept thinking about how life really kind of makes you forget about death. Like, it's engineered to make you forget about death. Because we don't yeah. think of... I would be... I would be... I keep thinking about the relationships I'm going to have in the future. And I would be crazy to think that, you know, if I let, I let a guy go in the night, you know, he's going to get attacked on the street. I'm not ever going to let anybody go. Yeah. You know, I can't go around thinking that way. And I had never really thought about how uh, death really could happen to somebody that you hold so closely. You know, we knew the inner workings of each other's lives. Right. We were at that point in the relationship, we were like at the top of the roller coaster. We had more future than we had past. And we really knew everything about each other's lives. Or so I thought, you know, I feel almost like uh, so shocked at myself that I didn't know that he had this coming or that he didn't know that he had this coming. But I think that, you know, unlike most people who deal with death, you know, unexpected death, I think that you actually clung to the person yeah. in the correct way. Like, you, you know, it sounds like you guys were at the point in your relationship where you treasured him as he, as anyone should be treasured before they die. For sure. And so that's just kind of, uh, you know, it's a lucky, you know, it's lucky that, well, of course, you know, death is awful. He was treated just about as well as he could by Julie Pinero. Oh, well, that's... Wasn't that true? That's I mean, a, yeah, I think that's a really nice <laughs> yeah. way to put like, it. Like, what would it, if it happened two it months later so or something like, you'd have been, you know, or like, you know, three years later and Julie Pinero had just been, you know, bitching at him about not, you know, yeah. cleaning out the yeah. dishwasher. It's like he yeah. was not left in the way he should have been. Well, and it's such a funny, it's so funny you say that because we were at that point in our relationship where neither person had really hurt the other. Okay. There hadn't been any kind of fights or anything like that. And we were, you know, some people have said, oh, that's the honeymoon point in your relationship. And it wasn't even that. It was like, we really had our feet planted on the ground and we were, I told him when we had, uh, decided to become exclusive. I was like, you're my partner. I've never felt like I've had a partner before. Okay. We were starting a band together. You know, we were very kind of like, had a lot of plans and, and looking towards the future and feet very firmly planted on the ground. Um, and, and I feel so, you know, one of the questions, I keep asking myself these questions that I can't answer and they really consume my thoughts. One of the questions though is like, you know, I... What like why why are you brought into somebody's life at its twilight yeah. right like why did I why did I meet him and this all kind of points to some larger universal order that has really been brought to the front of my brain throughout this whole experience but why do you meet someone when they're about to die like and and you know did he know he was going to die and did he try to tell me and did I not listen and you know do you, some some people say and this is where kind of the conversation of the afterlife comes into play it's like everybody kind of has these anecdotal this anecdotal evidence of afterlife people have these theories that are rooted in spirituality or religion or you know some light science but sometimes people say that death gives a warning before it comes uh -huh. and that's when i ask myself you know was he warned of the thing that was coming to, of this, you know, like speeding train that was coming towards him. Well, if he was, the net effect of that is he clung to you even tighter. 
So maybe I mean, it did come, and then he was like, yeah. I mean, I really, you know, perhaps it, it kind of influenced the decision to go exclusive at that point. He was like, mm-hmm. I want to be with Julie Pinheiro. But in either case, like, why, you know, why were you brought into his life at that time, and why was he brought into yours? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe it was to, you know, has he had a love like that before that? And yeah. if not, maybe it was, be, you know, maybe Julie Pinheiro was, was brought into his life at that time to be the love of his life. But also, he could have been brought into yours so that you could kind of... I mean, you know, so you could be loved as well, and you could you yeah. could find out how religious how rich a relationship can be. Sure. But I mean, the the stupid way, the superficial way of talking about it is maybe you will be able to help others with their grief through your art. Yeah. I suppose for sure, for sure. And and the one thing that I've felt with grief is that my inclination is to like uh, I don't know. It's it's been to like kind of creatively work through it. Yeah. Like. Um, I don't know. I just I just started writing letters to him and letters to myself oh, cool. a couple months ago. You know, it's like letters to myself a year ago, just kind of warning myself of what was of, you know, what kind of thoughts I would be having at this point. Um, a year ago? Yeah. So like the, before this like happened. The, like the this Ju- happened really yeah. recently. Yeah. So like the Julie of, you know, I think I wrote a letter to myself in February. The Julie of February 2019, what she was going through, kind of like warning herself of what of what is ahead, and this kind of what did she say? I, I had, she, she hadn't even well, met at that time. I right? had, I had, yeah, I had been uh, going through a breakup, and at this point okay. last year, um, and was really consumed by it, and kind of. Like even told myself, this is the hardest thing I've ever gone through. <laughs> Almost as a way of, uh, of you know, Making it Julie, feels like Julie a bit of, of foreboding. Yeah, a Julie of 2020, just giving her a uh, way to yeah. laugh her ass off right now. Totally. You open up that letter and wow, thank you, Julie of 2019. You really have some totally. needed perspective. You make totally. me laugh, Julie of 2019. <laughs> well, and that really kind of speaks to the the creative, uh, like, I don't know if if it's like creative processing that I've had, but like. Uh, the other thing about him is that he was a virtual reality video game designer. Oh, that cool. was his profession. And oh, cool. he was fiercely creative. I mean, he was such a creative spirit. And he also loved supporting his friends' creative endeavors. And oh. he really was just like, he had a knack for the impossible. He just, if somebody told him something was impossible, he would go and do it. And it just, all of those things kind of wrap up into this idea that I has been also kind of consuming my head in, of like, you know, is there another... Is there another, another like, universal timeline? Is there another timeline playing with the butterfly effect where, you know, he instead stayed with me that night, which is what we had done every night before, but just that night I happened to have a friend in town from D.C. who was staying with me. And did he stay with me that night? And none of this would have happened. And, you know, I think that's kind of a creative way of me dealing with the guilt that I have of not letting him stay with me that night, Um, which... You know, I I didn't know and I couldn't have known. But what if I, you know, like why didn't you know? Why didn't I know? Yeah. And I can't I can't toil that question around for too long without driving myself insane. But you know, is there another timeline where, uh, you know, he and I are both living and right. you know, or you might see him again. Re- you might see him again regardless. Like if mm-hmm. if there is an afterlife, and I believe there is, and of course it doesn't matter what I believe, but I would think that a function of believing in the afterlife is to give you hope. For and so, sure. so if it gives you hope that you will see him again, then fucking absolutely. Yeah. 
What's, so what are your beliefs on the Well, I absolutely believe in God. I believe in there's an afterlife. Like, to me, yeah. it's just bizarre that people would think, oh, yeah, how did the world get created or the universe get created? Oh, there's a black hole. Yeah. All right, what created that? Oh, it's just always there. I'm like, that yeah. requires as much faith as my religion does. And so although I don't, you know, I don't pretend to know whether or not the Bible is, is perfectly correct, I believe there is a creator, and I believe that he loves humans mm-hmm. and that we are meant to treasure humans. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like, just thinking there's a God doesn't mean that you think he's a God who loves humans. Mm-hmm. He could prefer animals, you know, like, and oh, then and then the people who kill animals are like, you know, the worst to him. But I believe there's a God and he believes in humans treasuring each other. And it sounds like you've done that. But mm-hmm. I think the afterlife, if it's anything, you know, if there is an afterlife and if there is a good place, we have to see these people again. Yeah, I'm really I mean, glad when you, when you, you th- when you think so? I mean, is that your belief? And how yeah. has your belief in the afterlife changed? I suppose it sounds like you didn't think about it much before. At all. Julie of 2019 wasn't concerning herself. No, with the not at all. <laughs> Julie of 2020 is so much more so much more wise and has perspective. Oh, uh, wise. <laughs> Ooh, that's a word. But I, I think, mean, a, is there a Julie of 2018? Did you write yourself a letter oh, every, every year? I should have. That would have like been hilarious. Like a compassionate letter. <laughs> okay. But just an obliviously stupid letter where you're like, you're going yeah. through high school, Shmuley. Yeah. This is the I hardest it's going to get, you know? <laughs> oh, gosh. I mean, yeah. I uh, Gosh, there was something that you said that uh, really resonated. It was about, you were talking about religion. Oh, yeah. I mean, with, with like, God not necessarily preferencing humans or whatever, or animals. Yeah. The thing the thing there is is, like, the existence of a soul. And I think... There's science that doesn't really back. We we can't explain it with science, yeah. uh, and that's a thing where you kind of have to let go of control a little bit to believe that we have a soul that's made up of some sort of energy that doesn't just disappear. Um, the day the day that Jose died, I was walking back from his apartment, and I passed a little kid on the street, and I just kind of it's, it was one of those things where you kind of tune into the conversation for a second. And I tuned into the conversation he was having with his dad, and he just goes, Daddy, energy doesn't disappear, or energy doesn't get created, just get created or disappear. Like, energy doesn't get created or destroyed. That's what it was. He's, like, speaking directly to you. Oh, totally. It's probably the only, you know, if anything, if it wasn't just a, you know, a godlike plant to tell Julie Pinera not to, not to mourn too badly. Like, it's the only thing that this kid learned in science that he spouted yeah. to his father and it spoke perfectly to you. Yeah. And so whether or not, I mean, whether or not you believe in God, that was fucking cool. Well, and that's, I think that the <laughs> idea of these, cool. of these things being planted for you. Yeah. Um, I, that's, again, where the creativity and kind of a bit of, like, fantasy in a way that's not derailing my life like in a way that's actually really fun for me to think of it's like because you know thinking of the fantasy of maybe like jose's soul planting these beautiful little signals for me to follow for me to feel hope or for me me to feel okay or for me to feel creatively inspired like that's that feels like it at least incorporates some of his own creative spirit into like how i'm processing his death because again he was a virtual reality video game designer he was he created universes or he created adventures in universes that were not his own and he he planted easter eggs like that little kid on the street sure like and that's and that's really something that's fun for me to think about in a time where the way he was killed was so senseless it didn't make i mean everything about his story doesn't make sense the way that he the way that he was killed it was like you know 
he was killed by strangers. No, but he loved strangers. Right. He hugged he hugged homeless people all the time. He made friends with bouncers everywhere. He would he loved strangers. He made friends with my friends like so fast. And they're so much worse than strangers and homeless people and bouncers. Yeah. My friends. My I couldn't Don't. even believe it. <laughs> But, you know, it's those type of things where you're like, wait, this doesn't make sense. Right. And then, you know, he he was here on a, a asylum from Venezuela, a country where he was fleeing violence. Why is it that in his neighborhood in Brooklyn this happens? It's, it's like there's so many things that don't make sense that it has riled up so much energy in me that I don't have anywhere else to put this energy other than like a creative channel. And that's and, a healthy way to do it. I mean, yeah. it's also the I mean, it's. He, I would think that somebody like him who treasured you and treasured life would want only one thing for you, which is to live life as he did, which was full. Totally. I mean, to its fullest. But also, I think e- even to deal with the grief, you know, the, you know I think the, the memory of him will always return to you, re- regardless of how you, you know, what you're doing. You know, whenever you fall asleep, yeah. the, the memory is going to return, whatever yeah. you do during the day. But the, I think they teach at the very least, so you're not ruminating on it 24-7, mm-hmm. is to, you know, okay, what are my goals? Let me take these baby steps, you know. So yeah. you're taking action, and you're not just busy ruminating all day. For sure. But it's also honoring him, though, I would think. For sure, it is. And he had so many people around him who he loved and loved him. And he had, you know, in his death, he's really planted a lot of seeds in a lot of his friends who are already creatives to take the steps that maybe they were too scared to take before. And it's not even in this, like, life is precious type of way because I haven't felt, I really haven't felt the generic, like, (laughs) post-death Life is precious. Uh, yeah, like people start to get all sentient and they're like, wow, life is precious and you have to hold your loved ones close. I, I wait, I just, I did not talk to anyone after he died. Like I did, I isolated myself from my friends. I didn't do anything. I like, I had no energy to like savor life in the way that people say that happens after death. Um, and so it's not, he has not inspired people just because there was a death that was near them. He inspired people because he, his creative spirit is like a force that when that is gone, you recognize how unique that was to him and you want to honor that. And I think that that's like a huge gift that he has given. See, and, and right now you're just, you're coming here on this podcast and you're being precious to us. Like, like you are giving us insight that we haven't had before because I haven't had anybody I love. Well, first of all, I don't love that many people. But like falling <laughs> falling in love with somebody so deeply and yeah. have them taken from you when you're at the top of the roller coaster yeah. just must be the biggest fucking slight, yeah. the cosmic slight to to just to For you sure. yeah. and um because you think about you know you almost feel like your future was taken away from yeah. you and you don't you don't even know what that future would have yeah. would have been but you you realize you never had any say in the matter which is crazy because i was pretty scared through most of our relationship because i have i was coming out of a heartbreak and so i took it pretty slowly and i really beat myself up for that because that like you, after that you took it slowly? I took it slowly in our relationship. Be- oh, okay. That's, yeah. that's what you're you're kind of regretting, I suppose. Yeah, oh, you know, okay. there were nights where, where he would want to hang and I was doing, I had other plans. And that's totally normal when you think about how we think about this world. Again, <laughs> not, not <laughs> Pre- just pre-death. forgetting about Julie death. Julie of 2019, yeah. Totally, right. yeah. <laughs> Julie of 2019 <laughs> is just like, I'm going to take my time. I'll choose who I want. And Julie of 2020 doesn't really know how to, you know, the day I, I decide maybe I can, you know, start dating again, 
I don't know how I'm going to approach it, but like, I do know that there is a, there is also an element of like, gosh, I really should have, I should have, I, I wish I had known I would have such little time with him. He was moving like he knew that we didn't have much time. And he might have had the sign like you talk about. Like he might have known totally. prior to the time, like in his soul. And I um, and I, I think I agree that I don't know that life is precious, but I think that it can be if people you treasure or, or people who are precious allow themselves to be treasured by you. And it sounds like he did. So like during a brief oh, period of time, so like about four, four months, yeah. Um. I think life was precious, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so how to, like, it's like going forward, like you didn't know when you met him that life was precious or would be precious during those four months with him. But it sounds like Julie of 2020 will make sure that, like, the future opportunity is not wasted by going slowly or whatever. Yeah. But how are you going to find that? Like, how are you going to make sure that the the shitty version of Jose <laughs> uh, who could be someday precious to you is is, is kind that? of treated like Julie of 2020. Like Wait. like like you know your next relationship of course it's not going to measure up but you know maybe even your relationship with him at the beginning was not precious oh, like, how, yeah like how are you a, going to be able few... to recognize like because mm. because you sound like you know you want to make sure you're treasuring the things that are precious in the future but how would how will you know? Oh, I don't you know that's the that's the golden question. It's like how how, yeah. Because um, otherwise you could be missing out on, you know, life being precious again, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. And what's crazy is I had this expect. Well, no, I didn't I didn't have any expectations. Julie of 2020 was awesome. 2019 was awesome. Oh, <laughs> and She was just fucking oblivious. She's like, yeah, man, my oh, heart's yeah. broken by this other douche, you know. There's <laughs> never going to be another. And then the life being precious just came at you for four months. Yeah, but, yeah. And Julie I mean, of 2020 knows the difference. Well, okay, well... It, the the previous guy I'll say was was not a douche. Oh, right. He, you know, we we're all flawed. I'm flawed as well. <laughs> that wasn't it, that one wasn't working. Right. But like, uh, um, you know, I don't. That's a really good question, and it's the type of thing where I have to like when you're when you're grieving and healing from like a lost love in this way. I, I'm not even, I, I, I don't even have the bandwidth to think about, like, a future love, but I know that when I'm heading into it, like, I can't really take this loss in the, I can't take the lessons from this loss in the literal sense. Like, again, I can't, let, just like, when a guy leaves for the night, I can't, I can't be like, you can't leave because you might die. Like, that's, yeah. that's a no-no, um, but... I don't know. That's the I'm. So, I I feel like I'm so fresh into it, and I'm s- I'm so swimming in it. I'm yeah. s- fully swimming in it still, and I know that the other people that he had close to him in his life are swimming in it too. Like it is, it is a for me. It, you know, I I didn't have a job at the time when it and and post pro, post death post his death I didn't have a job and I was just full time processing it. Um, I don't know. I, I stay tuned, I guess. Yeah, but it also doesn't fucking matter. Because it I mean, totally I mean, like we said, life, life is not, you know, I don't think that life is precious, but, um, and it doesn't even have to be a lover, but meaning like if there's somebody else, you know, to keep your eyes open for, for somebody else down the road and it could just be a friend, yeah. um, to make sure that you are not, um, wasting any, because it sounds, yeah, it sounds like Julia of twenty twenty is mm-hmm. is more ready to to value the, value value the things are. Or I, yeah. I feel bad that you're hard on yourself for going slow. It's like that's that's who I you know. are at the time, right? 
Totally. You were just kind of like letting the that's relationship run its course. And yeah. you were, I mean, so you, you have to forgive yourself for that. For sure. And that's not like a life lesson that I can't yeah. move slow. Like, I'm probably going to move slow in the next thing that comes my yeah. way. because Slow like molasses, all, absolutely. Totally. Gosh, given and, what happened. And, and I think the, the trickiest thing, the trickiest thing that I have taken from this is that you don't know who is going to die and when they're going to die. And even if you hold them close and even if you know where they're supposed to be tomorrow at 2 p.m., even if you know the problems that they're having with their boss, if you know, you know, their deepest insecurities, it doesn't, if you know, you know, their, their plan for next week, it doesn't matter because that, that, that speeding train could be coming for them at any moment. Right. And that's the thing that I think is going to inspire the most, you know, tr- you know, the, the most change in me as I move forward you in this life. Just making sure you value every minute with that. precious. Like, totally. But I mean, like, because yeah. I, 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 I do the same thing where it's like, yes, I know certain people in my life are going to die, but I know that they knew I loved them mm-hmm. because every minute I'm with them, I, tre- yeah. I treasure the minutes. Yeah. And so is that enough? I think it is, right? Yeah, I think that's exactly it. I think so, it's... I mean, it probably was enough with him. Like he knew, yeah. if he knew one thing, it was probably that Julie Pinheiro loved him and she treasured him. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he didn't, he, he didn't hang out with you that night probably didn't mean, you know, he didn't take anything from it, right? Yeah. He didn't think, man, she really doesn't like me anymore. It's right. like, no, she loves me and she's got a friend coming in from D.C. Right. Right. And so like totally. so like this yeah. this is just going to be so funny on stage. <laughs> I think in 15 or 20 minutes, you know, two perfect strangers have solved death in the afterlife. Oh, yeah, so yeah, thank yeah. you we so much. <laughs> we we got this thing forward. licked and yeah. so she is going to be so funny at Stoked Comedy, which is now at Easy Lovers in Brooklyn. Yeah, Easy Lover in Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, yeah. because uh, Mad Tropical just wasn't big enough for you guys. Oh, gosh, you know, we're excited for Easy Lover. That's actually the place where I met Jose, so... Which is really beautiful. I just, I just love room. it. Like the beginning of that sentence, I didn't believe when you're like, yeah, we're oh, fucking excited. <laughs> oh, but that's where I met him, you know? So like, then I believed you. I then mean, we there might are, be excited. There right? are my priorities right now. Yeah. <laughs> but you'll also be at QED. Yeah. Okay. I don't know that I'm going to be talking about any of this on okay. stage. She's just going to do I, her I'm material. I'm going to figure it out. Her A plus material. Well, because the thing is that I have a story about this that I tell. It's about 10 minutes and um, everybody just weeps, <laughs> which I get it because I weep. I'm weeping for the last five minutes of the story i did it at a show once and the host comes on stage and he's crying and he goes we're gonna have to take it in remission we've never done this before but just go find someone you love and give them a hug and that is totally fair and but people laugh too which i which i really love like i love that people are laughing through this story because again like it almost feels like it, it there's there is so much beauty and humor that sprouts up around death and and in Jose's case he was in a coma and it felt like life was almost shining its brightest light it was its most beautiful while he was in the coma to try to lure him back from the edge of death you know and that's that's kind of this really beautiful thing that you never think about with with death is that you know maybe your life becomes its brightest in its you know, in its twilight, just to and it could have give been, you a hug and you were you you, you were blessed with that because you shared the twilight of his life for sure. But I also think that like you were like one of the things he must have loved about you is a sense of humor, mm-hmm. and so you probably were a light in his life too. Yeah, I would, and, I, would I would hope so. Yeah, and in the yeah. same way, you're a light to us. Like when we're not weeping, yeah, we're probably laughing. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or so, both. <laughs> <laughs> that's what she uh, do. Thank you so much for talking to me about this because I have not talking with spe- spoken with anybody about this, mm-hmm. and it, it feels like I can learn something from it because you know, although I won't fall in love with anybody, <laughs> which will prevent the whole thing. Like, yeah, people, just don't fall in yeah, love. Yeah, people will <laughs> people will certainly die, and they might die abruptly and young. Yeah. In which case, you know, I'll be able to look back in this conversation and just just take the wisdom from Julie Pinero. Oh, I'm glad. Julie, thank you so much. Thanks for having me.